Hey guys, and welcome to the SKS Podcast, where working actors talk. Each episode, we sit down with different industry professionals who share their experiences, provide advice, and just talk about issues that are relevant today. This week, we talk with Hollywood power couple and writing team, Kimberly and Brant Doherty. Just in time for the holiday season, we chat all about how they went from dating to writing partners, how they sold and starred in their first Christmas movie, what inspired their latest Hallmark Christmas hit, how writing and directing has helped them grow as actors, and all the projects they have on the horizon. This is one busy couple, and we are so grateful for their time. So without further ado, let's dive in with the dynamic duo, Brant and Kimberly Doherty. Welcome back to the SKS We're Working Actors Talk podcast. Before we before we get into today's guests, I would love to take a moment to ask everyone who's listening right now to rate, review, and follow our podcast. The more that we can spread the word about actors in our community and the great achievements that they've done, uh, the more that people will feel inspired as they listen to it. Okay, today's guests are the Daugherty's. Married couple Brand and Kimberly Daugherty are actors, screenwriters, producers, and all around creatives. Together they wrote A Christmas Movie Christmas, which was the most watched premiere on Up TV in 2019, now available on Hulu. It is so adorable. Uh, Alone in the Dark, which opened at number one on Tubi. Brant also directed that. And Joya Noel for the 2023 Hallmark Christmas season. Brant has starred in fan favorite Hallmark movies, including Mingle All the Way, The Baker's Son, and Royal Runaway Romance. He's best known for playing Noel Kahn in the popular television series Pretty Little Liars and Sawyer in the blockbuster hit 50 shades freed as an actress kim has guest starred on several popular television series and starred in films the nature of romance a christmas movie christmas which is so adorable and to save a life opposite woody harrelson and liam hemsworth in the duel as a writer kim currently has four additional scripts in various stages of development for crown media Brant received his degree in screenwriting and directing from Columbia College in Chicago. Kim graduated mega, uh, magna cum laude from the University of Southern California. Okay. They share a two-year-old son named Wilder and have another one on the way due New Year's Day. Welcome. Thank you. I like how you're acting like you don't know any of this. <laughs> I was just really impressed with all these achievements. Oh, when you me. list them like that, it's uh, that's really nice. Well done. When, when I list them like that, does it feel like oh wow we've just been taking it step by step day by day project by project but looking at it all together it's impressive do you feel tired when you hear that what do you think oh god I think I think um you never really lose the mindset of the hungry young actor so hearing it all um hey, we did pretty good yeah <laughs> that's yeah. pretty good it's a pretty good run yeah so far yeah what's next yeah. what's next oh we'll get to that um uh so before we get into all the uh, um amazing things that the two of you have accomplished together writing producing uh directing starring um i want to just sort of start with your origin stories which i find so fascinating because each and every actor has a different uh different path and what I what I really gain from hearing everyone's different path is that there's no one right way to do this. So if I judge myself by what I think steps I should have done by this time, by this age, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm off. It's just that everyone has a different path. So Kimberly, let's start with you. You graduated from USC. Did you stay in LA afterwards? Did you always have a plan to be down here in Southern California? Yeah, so I um, I did a lot of theater growing up, high school, drama, all that stuff. 
went to USC, was a theater major, and then ended up graduating um, with a communication degree. I was technically a theater minor and then just never finished the minor because who cares? No one cares <laughs> whether you have a theater minor or not. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, I just stayed. I started auditioning actually my senior year of college. So I booked my first movie, I think the summer, the summer before my senior year. Wow. And um, it, it kind of, I, I got lucky. It happened kind of quickly. And um, and so what I, I, I got kind of spoiled where I was like, oh yeah, being an actor is easy. You know, I have this <laughs> national commercial, I have this. And then, you know, and then I went years with like dry spells and all that stuff that every actor, I mean, maybe not this guy, but most actors go through. <laughs> Definitely this guy too. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just, I stayed, I stayed in LA and just continued on this path. That's amazing. It, did that project get you, get you SAG eligible? Yeah, I actually got SAG eligible by doing background work. Oh yeah. It's like a way a lot of people do. Um, I got lucky. My friend who was doing background work was like, there's this one project they're just giving out. SAG vouchers left and right. So you should try and get in on it. It was one of those like 18 to look younger ones. And I always looked young. So um, when I heard that, cause I, I didn't do a ton of background work but when I heard that I jumped in and I got my vouchers on that project. Great, amazing. Yeah. When you and then the movie was my first um, SAG job and we went to Tribeca and got to do press and do all that stuff. It was really fun. <laughs> Dang, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you know? So I'm thinking back to myself, if I were a, the age I was a junior in college, um, did you have a mentor helping you figure out where to submit to for agents and managers? Was someone guiding you with headshots or were you just sort mm -hmm. of self-guided? I've always been very self-guided in general. <laughs> a lot of Googling. Um, but that you know I I did take classes at USC but I don't really feel like they weren't they actually weren't really encouraging of auditioning while being a theater major but I wasn't a theater major so I said I'll do what I want um I don't remember I did get my first agent by going to a workshop with agents mm -hmm. so I went and did like a showcase type thing um did a scene uh I think for I think there were like eight different agents at two different workshops and then I went and met with two of them and then um, got signed that way so that's how I got my first agent but yeah I, I I think they helped guide me with my headshots and stuff as I recall that's great I love that he was are. asking friends I don't know yeah. I can't even fully remember this is how long ago it was <laughs> That's I actually I love that because I think when we're in it trying to get our first agent manager trying to get the right headshot that'll snag the right rep it feels very much like I've gone three weeks without hearing from someone I've tried this many things I love the idea that after time you're like yeah I can't remember the specifics because I think okay. um, time sort of wears away the edges of those of those tough moments in the beginning I will say actually I got my next agent because I was was ready for a change by sending out like what looked like wedding sides like wedding invite cards mm -hmm. and like hand addressing them to 
one agent at an agency with like my headshot and reel on a DVD inside. There. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got an agent that way too. So I'm sending a DVD today. Yeah, no, no one would. Right. Yeah. They'd be like, where do I? because I I don't remember who told me that someone in some class said you know like they the ones that look like headshot submissions they just like toss into the pile but if it looks like a wedding invite they might actually open it <laughs> I don't know it worked for me <laughs> I took a class like that where it was very sort of like let's do some out-of-the-box stuff did you ever take class from Dallas Travers I'm curious no mm. okay I thought maybe we had overlapped in that way. Um, so Kimberly, how did you hear about SKS? So SKS, I um, heard about through two of my good, good friends, um, Brian Dare and Galadriel Steinman. Brian, I've known since middle school. Galadriel was someone I met at one of my first auditions out here. We were like two, you know, 20 year olds auditioning to play like 15 or something and we were like you're not actually 16 and she's like you're not actually 16 and that's how we became friends um but yeah both of them just Brian teaches over there and um our coaches over there and um you know Galadriel was a student and both of them just had rave reviews so that's how I ended up at SKS that's so nice. It always is referrals from friends, which feels like when I'm meeting a new student, it's like, it feels like a distant cousin or something like, oh, I've heard about you. I, I heard we never met before, but welcome to the family. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, and then was there anything in particular about the SKS training or teaching method that particularly impacted you? Yeah, you know, I've done so many acting classes where it's really about you know, the, the craft and learning how to, you know, access those emotions and make those choices and um, scene study. But what I loved about SKS is what, what I felt like I really needed, which was more kind of audition technique in a way yeah. um, and making those kind of bold choices for your, for when you go into the room. And mm -hmm. it was less about teaching you how to be natural or how to, you know, think about character and more just about the actual like technique of it, which I really, really appreciated. Yeah, I love that part too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, lovely. Brant, let's let's hear about your origin story. Um, I'm glad you just sort of asked the same questions as I asked uh, Kimberly. So maybe you remember them, but I can give a refresher. Just how did it all start? <laughs> how did um, it all start? I kind of like Kim. Uh, I was a theater kid growing up. Um, I was in every school play possible. Um, and when I went to college, my parents were very strongly encouraging me not to study acting as a major, um, which I can understand. Uh, so I decided to go into film. Uh, I thought, gotcha, I'll go into film instead. Um, ah. There's there's jobs available and, you know, you can be a grip or a gaffer or you can right. build sets or there's a, there's a thousand jobs you can do on a film set. So uh, I went to film school and studied writing, directing, cinematography, editing, a whole bunch of stuff. Cool. Uh, moved to L.A. fully working my way up as a production assistant. I was going to work up a uh, production assistant, maybe go the AD route uh, into director. Um, there were a few 
branches available to me, mm. but I wasn't really thinking about working on camera at all, to be honest with you. Um, and so I ended up working on a, a Bring It On movie as a PA, Bring It On 5. Um, and <laughs> one of uh, one of the lo lovely actresses on that movie, uh, I met uh, Holland Roden. Um, and she was like, you should maybe think about being on camera. Uh, and I would run lines with her between scenes and things when I had downtime. Um, and she was like, you know, maybe you should, maybe you should meet my agent. Uh, and so she right. met, she, yeah, she brought her agent to set and he brought me in for a meeting and kind of picked me up that way. I weird, love that. It was a weird way of doing it. Is, I don't know if I could. Which is funny because I was friends with Holland Roden. Yeah, we, we technically, it's a small world. Yeah, we technically met at a, her birthday dinner. 10 years before we actually re-met and started dating but <laughs> oh my goodness that's no, lovely that's lovely I love divine timing how when it it should become should come together it comes together and actually at that same birthday dinner Galadriel Steinman met her husband at that Holland Roden birthday dinner weird but they got together right away versus us who waited 10 years yeah <laughs> I remember I remember Holland's two friends who I didn't know which was Kevin and you yeah that is amazing had to marinate for a good 10 years yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was right just right um did you, did you feel like you had to do a big switch into now I'm going to do on-camera work or was it kind of like oh sweet this is kind of what I was hoping to do six years ago anyway I mean there was I think a bit of both of that um I was really excited about it but I was also untrained oh um, so I, you know, I had studied things in college and things in high school, but I, I, I'd never learned film acting. Mm -hmm. um, and so it kind of got thrown into the wolves there. Um, started going in and auditions and just kind of learned as I went. Um, like I knew the nuts and bolts of the craft, but I didn't know how to go and book a job or like how to do an audition and then go back and do a callback and then do a screen test and uh, there was just, there was a big learning curve that I really didn't know any of. I'd studied a lot of the the art of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know anything about the business of it at all. Wow. I sometimes find a, uh, it beneficial when an actor doesn't have a lot of training in that way because there's not a lot of, of um, bad habits that they've acquired or expectation about certain things. Uh, do you think that there was uh, a little bit of ease in that naivete? Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if... <laughs> If I if I had known how hard it would be going in, I might have, <laughs> might have made a different choice back then. Uh, so I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> uh, it, it definitely allowed me to kind of spread my wings as I jumped. Yeah. So to speak. That's wonderful. Um, and from all the jobs that you've had, uh, specifically in acting thus far, has one been more dear to you than other? And is it similar to, or, or not the same one as what people most know you for? Oh, wow. Um, it would probably absolutely not be what people most know me for, um, which I assume would be Pretty Little Liars, which I love for the record. Mm -hmm. uh, amazing job. Great, great gig for seven years. Um, but I did this Lifetime movie, like 2014, where I played a cult leader 
Um, and I did, the movie was supposed to go and then it got postponed for like six months. So I had a lot of time to like really understand this guy. Uh, and he was a real guy. He really he was a real person. Uh, I'm not going to mention his name for whatever legal reasons we had to change it. Mm -hmm. um, but that was really fascinating. You just have that amount of time to just think about something uh, and really come up with ideas. And uh, the movie did not do well. <laughs> um, it's uh, kind of a religious cult gone wrong. And it's, it's a hard sell to do like religion gone wrong on TV. And a lot of people didn't care for it. Um, but it's like one of my favorite performances. Wow. And I don't think anybody's seen it. Well, I, I wouldn't know where to find it if I wanted to. Oh, wow. I feel like true crime cult stories are very much in the zeitgeist at the moment. So it For could sure. have a resurgence. For sure. Yeah. I don't know if it was as fun to watch as it oh. was. <laughs> if that makes sense. It completely makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it might have been a bit of a bummer. <laughs> might have been, yeah, sort of. You you finish watching it and you're like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I want to stage myself the, now. Uh, along the same lines, I did a, what was pitched to me as like an indie movie and ended up going to Verizon's Go90 platform and got oh, split yeah. up into episodes. So we filmed a movie that's called Relationship Status. Uh, and then they, you know, they put it on this mobile platform and split it up into 10 or 20 episodes or whatever. Um, and now that platform doesn't exist, so you literally can't find it. And so I think it's some of my best work. <laughs> oh, and wow. it is just gone. And I could, it doesn't exist. You can't find it if you want to. That is so crazy. Yeah, they just took it away. It doesn't, it's not there anymore. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Months and probably millions of dollars filming this. It's just gone. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I think I remember working on that project, uh, Relationship Status. It was funny, right? It was, yeah. uh, it, I mean, it had funny moments. It was kind of like okay. a love actually. It was like all these intersecting stories of oh. people, various vignettes of like romance. And yeah, uh, it was really cool. It was produced by Milo Ventimiglia. Um, uh, it was really an incredible project. Um, huh. It's gone. I'm sad. Damn. Um, so was that project, uh, you said it was pitched to you as, were you offered the role? Yeah, uh, which was like the most, one of the weirder moments of my life. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia called me personally to offer me the role. And I was, I remember I was just like, what? <laughs> what? what? I've never met this man before. I obviously know who he was. And this was just pre This Is Us. It was like a year before that took off. Um, so yeah, they just called me out of the blue. Um, the the writer and producer had known me from uh, Pretty Little Liars and they just offered it to me. Oh my gosh, how lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I ended up doing two more seasons after that. So it turned into a good job. Wow. That's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Relationships Relationship. <laughs> relationships are so important in this business aren't they absolutely oh god it's uh the number one thing absolutely mm -hmm. 
<laughs> as I'm talking to a married couple who produces and creates together, of course, relationships. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Well, let's talk about uh, a Christmas story. Christmas. Um, Christmas I movie Christmas. Yeah, there is actually a movie called Christmas Story Christmas. It's, yeah, it came that out, came out after ours. A few years, it, the A Christmas Story, which is very famous, they did a sequel a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like twenty years, thirty years later after the first one was made. I don't know, a long time. A long time. And they named it a Christmas Story Christmas, and we're like, hey, because we've done a Christmas movie Christmas like a few years yeah. earlier. Oh my gosh, had I said that in the intro, a Christmas no, story? No, you, said right. it, you got yeah. okay. Oh my gosh, um, I actually just rewatched a little bit of it this morning because I hadn't seen it since it first came out. Um. I love I love a Christmas movie. I really do. And I love the tropes, uh, you know, and I, I, I loved that you guys played into it. Um, I mean, the first morning, Kim, I think you and your sister say something to, the, to each other along the lines of, did you go to sleep with your hair and makeup done? No, did you go to sleep with your hair and makeup done? And it's like, that always happens in the Christmas movies. And it was so fun to watch it get sort of like lovingly poked at. So I would love to hear about how, you guys started writing together. Um, I want to hear everything. Yeah. Uh, when we started dating, uh, and Kim had mentioned she met um, some writing partners occasionally to work on scripts. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I, I studied writing a bit in college and kind of fell out of it for a while because acting took over. And um, eventually, of the a year of our first relationship the first year of our relationship we started talking about stuff we could do together mm -hmm. um and then we started talking about well if we did something together what do we think would have the biggest chance of getting made made Ooh, yes what do they make more of than anything and we we're like well we should <laughs> maybe i had done two christmas movies as an actor at this point so i was like maybe we should do a christmas movie uh, and so we started brainstorming from there. And it was really an exercise for me because, um, so I had just started writing when we first started dating. Mm -hmm. It was like a new passion of mine, but I was untrained. I was, like I said, Googled, you know, how to be, how to be a <laughs> um, and read like save the cat, you know, sure. um, but Brant had this whole college education and also he'd been you know, I sit down to movies with Brant and he's like, okay, he'll pause it and be like that, you know, right there is um, act one turning point or he'll, he'll pause it and be like, where do you think we are in the movie? Oh, wow. I'll be like, that's <laughs> maybe saw kind of a dick. <laughs> but no, it's because he, don't watch a movie with Brant. No, he just loves it. He loves it so much. He's so passionate about filmmaking and writing. And he would, you know, I would, I would go, midpoint he'd be like yeah why you know <laughs> but for me it, he was like the best education I could have gotten in screenwriting I'm like getting emotional because I'm I'm also like nine months pregnant but um it's me it's not it's you <laughs> <laughs> um but and he had books that he recommended and um I learned so much from him about screenwriting and I remember what we decided to do with a Christmas movie Christmas he was like let's just write a super structurally sound film that hits all the points and it was kind of like an exercise it was an exercise we talked about it starting as like an yeah, exercise let's write a by the book movie let's write a by the book movie so that you so I could like learn and he was helping me learn and um and then we said you know what can we sell Christmas movie 
And then we just started coming up with Christmas movie ideas and Brant came up with, you know, like Pleasantville, but Christmas movie kind of. Right, yeah, and then we were shocked that it didn't exist already, oh, uh, which is a really good sign because we we're like, it feels like it should be mm -hmm. a thing, and it's not. So who could make it a thing? Mm -hmm. And our first draft was a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit darker, a little you bit. Mentioned a, a, a playful jab. Our, our first draft was a little, a little, a little rougher. Right? It, was, <laughs> it was playful, but. Not saying it wasn't kind to Christmas movies, but it was it, it wasn't as soft and it had a more adult humor and um more um yeah, edgy. It was a bit more edgy. Um and then once it once we sold it and it went to development, they were kind of, they said, you know, well, let's make it still a Christmas movie while still you know lightly but not where it's gonna offend anyone who loves Christmas movies um still give that heartwarming feel that people want at Christmas time while poking a little fun and being a little meta yeah. and so that's where we ended up which this this also is just to say like how great collaborating with I know people give it a, a lot of um talk a lot of Crap? Can I say crap? Um, <laughs> yes, we're edgy. We can say crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> draft was so edgy. Can we say crap? <laughs> but, you know, uh, <laughs> talk a lot of crap about like working with executives on scripts and, you know, higher ups changing stuff. And it's true. There's a lot of opinions and a lot of notes that go into it. But from my experiences, I've really found that they've elevated. Mm -hmm. The projects that we've worked on. I'll second that. I feel like almost every note we've gotten from a studio or network has been quite helpful in some way or another. Mm -hmm. To help make the script, bring it to the next level. Mm. The collaboration part of it, I was working on one that was really quick um, this year. And um, so we were sending back and forth. Director was sending me notes, producers sending me notes network was sending me notes and just like bang, wow. bang, 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 bang. But I will say that I think the script that we ended, that they ended up shooting benefited so much from all these collaborators. Oh, wow. Kim, how do you sort of incorporate notes when the pr producer or executives um, or whomever may be giving contradictory notes to each other? I mean, it's, it's a conversation um just usually the network wins <laughs> you know like there's kind of a, there's a little bit of a hierarchy here yeah. and um you kind of say like if if the producer says can we change this to the director change this I'll, I'll say I'll straight up say like you know that was a line that was given to me by the network so if they approve it we can change it but that's up to them and then they're like we're keeping it usually <laughs> oh wow that's so good to know Okay, cool. So, um, so you guys had a complete draft of the film before you went to. We did, yeah. We um before we even really told anyone we were writing it, we finished a draft. Oh goodness! Um, wow. We did it quickly, within probably a month or two. Um, it was it was pretty quick. Um, and then once we had a draft, we 
emailed my manager and we were like, hey, we have this movie. We don't know what to do with it, um, but it's here. Do you want to read it and see if you can give us notes or like whatever? Uh, and he probably didn't even read it. He probably, he just sent it straight to Marvista Entertainment, which Whoa. he had a relationship with. Larry Grimaldi. Um, Larry Grimaldi. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> we owe you a lot. Um, and Larry read it overnight as a favor to our manager and to me, because I worked for him as an actor. Uh, he was like, all right, Brant wrote a script. We'll see. We'll, we'll humor him. And they wanted to buy it the next day, uh, which was like insane. What, what We had sent it to another friend of mine with a production company for for notes i said hey this is our no, first we never draft. sent it to anyone to sell it at no all. i sent it to my friend and said this is a first draft can we get like would you be willing to just take a read she's a good friend of mine um and she was like i'm crazy busy right now with my sister who runs my production company like she'll get you notes quicker and then her sister called me and said we wanted we want to develop develop it and then that's when we, oh, his manager, right. his manager, were like, should we just like take this or like what what should we yeah yeah do? And then that's when he emailed Larry, and then and Larry wanted it too, and we ended up going with Larry just simply because they said they would make it. They were like, yeah, we can make it in house right now. We'll um, put up the money for it. We'll do it. We promise it'll get made. Um, and we were just flabbergasted it's like I got away from us really quickly but like in the, in the best way <laughs> oh possible. yeah yeah not in a bad way at all but yeah that was that was that was the first draft that we'd sent for notes basically and then yeah but it was an original idea and people responded to that yeah yeah absolutely um so um did y'all what um you playing roles in the film, was that something that you were um, willing to give up in order to have it be made? Or was that something you were willing to fight for? Um, it, it was so wonderful having you in there and speaking your the words that you've written. I, I would have sold it absolutely under the guy. If they were like, we don't want you to be in it. We just want the script. Like, great. At, the, at that point in our writing careers, like we had been told, like, just play ball for a minute. Sure, sure. You know, there's a point where you can push back on things and you'll earn that. But your first one, just just do the job. Mm -hmm. um, and so if they said that, great, make it. I don't care. Yeah, That's fine. We, yeah, we were just kind of open to just getting it made. We just wanted mm -hmm. to get something made. And um, our manager, David Sweeney, who's amazing, and actually he became my manager in the mm -hmm. process of Christmas Movie Christmas. <laughs> um, but he really just fought, fought for us. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know that he had to fight really hard. I think he just was like, Brant and Kim will star. And they were like, okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, Larry is a good friend of his and Brant had already done work for Probably them. two or three movies uh -huh. for Marvista at that point. So like, I don't think there was ever really a question that they would not put us in it. Yeah. Uh, it was more of a question of who would we play? Mm -hmm. Would we play Dustin and Lacey or Dustin and Eve or Lacey and yeah. Paul for, you know, for Brant Paul is a fun more more character -y character than he usually gets to play mm -hmm. um, and they they told me that they just felt like I was lazy and yeah and that's how it happens yeah they kind of chose for us which roles we'd be playing I love that and how was it on set did it feel like you were wearing a lot of hats at the same time or did it feel like you could just focus on showing up and acting 
they they made it pretty easy for us to show up and focus on cool. acting at that point. Um, there was, I think, maybe one or two instances where they would quickly need something rewritten for logistical reasons. Like, okay, we've lost this location now. Or, okay, it's, it's going to rain tonight. Now we can't do this outside. How can we figure this out? So there were a few minutes where Kim and I had to kind of jump in and be like, okay, here's the point of this scene. So we can't lose this aspect of it. So how can we play around with these other things? Um, but mostly they just let us be actors. Yeah. And the director was so great. Like we, uh, Brian Hertzlinger, I didn't mm -hmm. feel like we need, were needing to kind of step in at all he was doing his thing yeah doing it right. i will say they don't generally love having actors or um having writers on set mm -hmm. um i've learned over the years uh writers have uh notes and ideas and sometimes on set those things need to go away for a moment so the directors and actors can focus on making something um and so i think the, the idea of having a writer on set is a little like we don't want to do that but right. So they made us actors mostly. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah. fine. Yeah. I will say I corrected. <laughs> I corrected maybe I remember two instances of correcting one of the other actors in in just the wording of the comedy and just being like, I'm sorry, but like this is, this is an actual line. Um, and you're, you're not getting the joke right. You're not. Sorry. Uh, it's um, and then but they were all like, oh yeah, oh sorry, let me fix that. You know, um, lovely lovely I tried not to do that <laughs> yeah of course but also a joke has to land right yeah yeah that's incredible so when it came out it it was hugely successful did you guys gather family to watch it or friends or how did you celebrate we had some Mar Vista did Mar Vista did a whole premiere for that's us right oh wow they did a whole, yeah like, they rented, rented a theater, theater in Santa Monica and like did a whole they like printed a, a reel and like projected um, it which was uh, a big deal for them actually they, yeah because they don't usually do that um and they had it, I think it was part of their like Christmas it was like a Christmas event for the whole company and because all their people at Mar Vista came and we got to invite our friends and family and um see it in the theater so that was fun that was really cool that was really yeah, cool. that was the first time we saw the whole thing finish oh my gosh yeah. that sounds wonderful um yeah, and it's really surreal actually <laughs> surreal I think I think we're sort of having like a um this is your life moment for Brent like sort of like this is what you've done this is the thing it's like yeah that was kind of awesome we crushed it you, you take it one day at a time and you look back at it and you're like wow we've come, come a long way yeah totally um if there's any impact of this conversation making you realize how dynamic the two of you are then I feel like that's worth everything so um but I want to ask um with highs come lows um I experience sometimes sort of the um when a, when a show closes when the job is done I'm just sort of like oh now I'm starting from scratch what do I do and it's not that there aren't a million opportunities and it's not that I don't have contacts but it's just like just literally a blank day on your schedule when you've had adrenaline and so much happiness and community how do the two of you deal with that or have you how have you done it in the past oh that's a great question um I feel like we're always I've never got comfortable anywhere Ooh. 
I, I, I'm, I've always felt like anything could go away at any moment. Uh, so I don't know if I really noticed those points, to be honest with you. Wow, that's incredible. I, I mean, there have been moments like we we're shooting Fifty Shades Freed in Vancouver, and they were in the process of killing my character off, spoiler alert, on Pretty Little Liars uh, at the same time and space. Uh, and so I was flying back and forth from LA to Vancouver and Ellen, and, and uh, they both finished the same week. And then there was just nothing to do. And I think my next audition was like two or three weeks later for a guest star on Designated Survivor. Mm. And I was like, wow, I just wrapped like a huge show and a huge movie and there's nothing happening. And that's what it is. That's, that's what it is. Um, and you just kind of have to get okay with it. Yeah, just accept it fully. There's nothing I can do short of writing a script and creating <laughs> roles that is going to change that. I can just be available. Mm -hmm. So I'll be available. I will say when I was first starting out and I was just so hungry to be acting all the time and um, auditioning and opportunities and I just wanted it so badly. It was really hard on me emotionally <laughs> because, you know, so much of your self-worth and, you know, in your early 20s, you're, you're still learning yourself. And um, but so much of your self-worth is kind of wrapped up in like, how's my career going? Mm -hmm. And it was really hard because, you know, things went really well. And then there were periods where they just didn't. And um, and so I, I did like a lot of like reading of self help books at that time and um self-work and actually it really I think led me to where I am now which is way more zen about all of it you know what's meant to be for me is for me what's not is not and and also I really feel like getting to be creative as a writer and um you know making movies and all that stuff because acting is so dependent on other people while you can go at any point and sit down and write or try to come up with ideas um, that it you you don't feel like you're just waiting around for people to give you permission to do your art. Mm -hmm. So that's really helped too. It has, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's been a big benefit over the last year is always having several things to work on even when the phone's not ringing. Right, yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that, guys. Um, <laughs> Sometimes so, you're working on the things you don't want the phone to ring for a minute. <laughs> yeah. You guys are busy. Um, uh, so let's talk about uh, your most recent film, Joya Noel. Yeah, any, any, pronunci any pronunciation tweaks you'd like to do? You, you got Perfect. it, Joya Noel. Right. Joya Noel. It was very epic. I love it. Um, so it recently premiered on the Hallmark Channel, and it was the most watched cable program of the entire day, not just Hallmark. I mean, the entire cable, all of it, the That's most watched. That's crazy. It's wild to think about. More people watched that on TV that day or on cable than anything else. That's insane. Yeah. That is so wild. Um, I. I know that it's still available for people to watch, but I think it is also re-airing on the 21st, which is the Tuesday before Thanksgiving um, on Hallmark, if yeah, I've done the correct read. Right yeah, now, it's, it's replaying, uh, you can look it up online. It's replaying throughout up until Christmas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Peacock, it's mm. available. Um, 
you know, Hallmark just continues to, you know, have their audience that just loves them. And I think they're really smart to have now moved into streaming with um, their stuff on Peacock too. But in, you know, the cable industry is slowly, it's just less and less viewership, but they're just still. Yeah, they turn in better numbers turning. year after year. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. It's Crushing amazing. It. Amazing. Did <laughs> congratulations, by the way. Um yeah, yes, of, of course. So how did you guys uh come up with this storyline? Were there several ideas you played with? And did you want to incorporate anything um that you were hoping to get in the first film? Uh or did you have any any challenges on the first one that you wanted to sort of sidestep in this? We wanted to go to Europe. Yeah, we shot the first one in Michigan, and that was lovely. But we were like, where else can we go? Um, and we thought, if we set it in France, they have to film it in France, right? Um, and so that was that was the way. <laughs> Genius. And, you know, oh, Grant has this great relationship with, with Hallmark, and, um, and they do movies in Europe. And so we said, all right, well, what's our Christmas movie set in Europe? Mm -hmm. And well, we started developing this back in 2019. Um, oh, wow. Where I did a German Comic Con yeah. uh, one mm -hmm. December. Uh, and so we were in in Germany in December and they have all these Christmas markets. And we went around some various cities in Europe. We went to Estonia. We went to Vienna. We did a Christmas market tour. Yeah. So we said, where are all the best Christmas markets in Europe? And then Brant and I went to them. Yeah. And along the way, we were like, we don't feel like Hallmark has made a movie. They do so many Christmas movies. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing a movie at the Christmas markets in Europe yet. Um, they should probably exist. I just they know do. about them. Yeah. <laughs> I about them later as we were. Wow. Uh, yeah, started developing it, and then it went on the back burner for quite a while while other things kind of took over. And then you brought it back up in 2021, early early last year. Yeah, early last year, I was I was bringing some pitches to Hallmark by myself or with uh, some other writing partners that I have. And I said, "Hey, Branch, should I bring this one too?" Because we had it, we we put you know we developed it and then just kind of let it sit, and um and so we did and. The rest is history. Yeah, and then my manager to do them, and they bought it. And then this summer we went to Europe, <laughs> and we traveled all over Europe after he yeah. after Brant wrapped the movie. So yeah, that is so amazing. <laughs> I think you guys have hacked hacked life. Like <laughs> I like to go to Europe. I want to see these markets. Let's write it, pitch it, do it, live our best life. It's it's Look, incredible. The thing about it is, someone is out there doing that, and why shouldn't it be us? Ooh, yes. You know what I mean? Someone's yeah. got that job. Why not me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that kind of blew me away. Excuse me. That was, yes, absolutely <laughs> it. That's absolutely it. Wow. I think that's, I was going to ask if someone's, if someone's listening to this today and feels so inspired by what the two of you have done, I certainly feel that way. What is one actionable thing that they could do today to maybe get on the track of writing, writing a project, um, creating something with their partner? I will say... And this was a book that Brant got um, from college, right? Inside yeah, Story? from a screenwriting class um, in college. The book Inside Story by Dara Marks. Dara Marks. Um, 
is a really, really great screenwriting book that brings it, you know, Save the Cat is great for like basic, mm -hmm. but what you need underneath it all is really what Inside Story talks about the character arcs and finding um, the theme and and all the the undercurrent stuff mm -hmm. of it. Um, uh, I did a rewrite on a script and um, all the, you know, the points were there, but it's, it's that stuff from that book that I really felt like was helpful in like um, massaging the, the underneath, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> yes. The of what needed to be. You have to massage the underneath. Absolutely. Yes. This is just rub that underbelly. You got it. <laughs> There's a lot of this I saw and I liked it. Yes. See, I, and no one on the podcast is going to, who's listening is going to know what this is. I'm like using my, let's just stop. I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Amazing. Okay. Love that. Everyone loves a good book recommendation for sure. Yeah, it is a good book. Um, I would say on my end, uh, if you want to be a, a writer uh, or work in film at, in any aspect, I think you should study film itself. Mm. I think film school is great in that it organizes a lot of that for you, but you can get that education elsewhere. Absolutely. Study editing, study writing, study cinematography, study directing. The better you are at all of those things, you'll better that you'll be at each one of them. Yeah. Uh, I firmly believe that directing a movie made me a better actor. Writing a movie made me a better actor. Learning to edit made me a better writer. Mm -hmm. And so he took stuff away from directing that went now into our writing. Wow. It all goes hand in hand. I firmly believe that some of the best directors I've ever worked with were editors. Some of the best directors I've ever worked with were actors. Um, it all, all blends together and mm -hmm. make a product at the end that you can sell yeah um, and I think the more you know about all of it the better you're going to be love that amazing so tying it back to what you said in the beginning you need to pause it and say what part of this what part of the story are we at and how do you know that and what's going to happen um it's all it all completely makes sense because um using sort of like our fresh eyes writer director eyes to watch something that we're going to be watching anyway yeah I think also for the record acting class does a really great job of teaching audition technique it teaches you a really great job of performing and learning to channel a character I really feel like we should focus more on learning to build an arc of character um, and I think really writing learning the structure of film when you get the lead role in a Hallmark movie and you're in every scene okay where are we at in the movie where where what are we what are we, what are we showing the audience with this right now right and so it's not just what's happening in this moment it's how does it tie to everything else mm-hmm at what point does my character fall in love with this girl? At what point does he decide to stay in town, to use Hallmark examples? Yeah. The more you know about the structure of all that, the more you can ground those moments and really make the audience understand it. I love that. I find that especially important if you're sort of block shooting. So let's say you're shooting out everything oh that God. happens <laughs> that happens at work. And so it's you're a shooting- great example. Like the scene at work on page four, on page 17, on page 42, 
87 and then 105. Um, yeah, and what's uh, happened between all your characters and their relationships in between those scenes. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, it becomes vital. I, I I find that personally for myself just incredibly important. I always, that's like where I always start with my auditions and also when I'm coaching someone um, and really, where are you at the end of this project? Oh, you believe in Christmas and you love love. Great, so where, do you, where do you start? um humbug and mm. um and you know cynical about love and and then you can sort of find the um chart the course that way but it's also how I get to let's say I was driving to um San Francisco I know I know my start point I know my end point and let's say I'm driving there oops there's a there's um a detour I get off on that but then I get back on the main path sort of you can chart it sort of reverse engineering I, I get to San Francisco where do I want to stop where do I where do I turn all those Absolutely. Yeah. that was the challenge on on Joya Noel filming it is we filmed the beginning and the end of the movie in the first week and a half yeah. because yeah. of the locations and the logistics necessary uh and then you film so you you get the beginning of my arc and the end of my arc yeah uh and it's up to me to put all that together mm -hmm. and the director's not going to sit there and work me through it on a 12-hour day when we're filming non-stop right um and so it's up to me to come with that loaded ready to go mm -hmm. um and then the second half of the shoot is piecing it together yeah uh, okay well where was I when we did that scene in the lodge mm -hmm. okay that's where I'm at here and talking it through with our co-star was really helpful in that aspect but it's a it's a challenge of acting I find that doesn't get talked about a lot yeah absolutely. It's, it's different I think in tv when you play a character out for seven years sure. slowly. but when you do a movie and you have a self-contained story mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a challenge right yes and you know that they'll be watching it in a two-hour one yeah. <laughs> situation, not like every week is a different 42 minutes yeah, um, yeah, yeah 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 um I love that so go ahead Kimberly yes okay, speaking of pretty little liars you that that role was a one episode was a guest star yeah that turned into seven seasons yeah it was one episode and then <laughs> offered me six episode arc after that in season one uh, and then they just didn't fire me after that. <laughs> they just didn't fire me. Love they just, that. They just, they just kept not firing until me. Until they chopped your head off. <laughs> they did actually fire me very brutally right at the end, but it was at the end. It so was it's in fun. the final season. <laughs> that is amazing. What do you think it was about your performance or even your demeanor on set or that, that made them want to not fire you for seven years? You know, I think there was... <laughs> a good question there's something about actors essences that i think when you when you cast a movie you learn especially like all these actors give amazing performances but there's an essence to each person that's very unique and sometimes it's the character and sometimes it's not depending regardless of how good you are uh and that's something to take to heart for actors <laughs> you can give a great performance and you're just not right for it we move saw on. <laughs> so many so many great performances while casting christmas movie christmas actually yeah and some of them just like well they're amazing but they're just not right for yeah this role and all or, you can do is your best or um where they go with an offer but continue. um but i think they brought me in to be lucy hale's love interest on the show and i think they saw that I had something a little darker in me <laughs> on, on camera that I read a little darker than cool. they 
Um, and they were like, well, the audience likes him and we like him and we're not, we're not going to go this boyfriend route with him, but we can make him a villain maybe. And so then they just kind of kept giving me these ambiguously, morally ambiguous scenes and um, then kind of made me an outright villain at the end. Um, but it took seven years to get there. It was a long run. That's awesome. It's a long run of not getting fired. Yeah. <laughs> my my goal every day is let's not get fired. <laughs> yes. I love that. I might put that on my vision board. Book a job, <laughs> don't get fired. Um, that's awesome. Sometimes you'll get fired and it'll be fine. You'll get your head chopped <laughs> off and it'll be okay. <laughs> you are proof. Um, so where where do you guys want to go next? I know you're welcoming your um next family member very soon, but what else is next for you? You've got a lot going on next. Yeah, I well, I have, I guess, two, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> I have three. You can keep track. <laughs> I have okay. three scripts that'll be, um, they're in various stages. Um, Kim spent uh, several years working to build a base as a writer and working on all these things and then she just kind of opened the gates and sold them all immediately wow so, <laughs> it yeah, all really I, snowballed it, it looks like it was comes out of nowhere it was years of work yeah oh sure but once the gates opened it really really just took yeah off. you know we've been coming i've been coming up with pitches i had been putting stuff you know I, I learned a lot from like i said working with grant um and earlier this year end of last year actually into earlier this year I put together you know one sheets to pitch to Hallmark and um and I was you know I think I submitted five and was hoping that um maybe they'd be interested in one and um and I did they bought like three of those five <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, which is, which is exciting and scary all at once. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, I have to write all these. And now, but now, I, yeah. Um, we, but it's great because I have partners um, on two of them, and then one of them I'm doing on my own. But they've given me, you know, plenty of. Uh, that one's not until 2025, so I have time. Wow. Um, but I am a little feeling a little like, what's gonna happen? I'm gonna have a newborn, and then I have all these writing projects and and a and a two and a half year old so um it's just finding finding the the balance and I think the key from what I'm hearing is child care you know um yeah getting more child care and um which is my sister don't ever leave us Erica (laughs) (laughs) um I mean we pay her I'm not just like using her but (laughs) not like in the basement chained up yes (laughs) um but yeah so I have I have those coming up um a mystery one's one's a mystery like potential for a series of movies but a mystery um and then another Christmas movie and a fall movie so I'm just going full got my little toe dipped in good for you good for you and and, uh brant has movies coming up and and is also developing he's developing some really cool projects which you know wouldn't be uh in the rom-com genre but um yeah Yeah, i feel like you've got that locked down yeah Uh, i'm i'm happy to do the rom-com you know he he he's done a few and as a writer and i think his creative creative passion is not there necessarily yeah sure 
yeah. but it's a good lesson as, as a writer or as an actor um you're not gonna be passionate about everything all the time mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they're just jobs <laughs> sometimes it's easier to like take the notes and just do the, if you look as opposed to like this is my baby script it's like no this is mm. you know this is it's fun and it's a job and um, my job is to take these notes and incorporate them. And even if, even ones that I don't necessarily wouldn't have necessarily been my choice, but um, you know, it's, it's a good exercise in uh, letting go and, or, and also not being too precious about your scripts, I think, because, you know, you, I remember early on, I wrote this script and I was like, it's such a great idea. And then some other show came out that, was basically the same idea and I was like what my idea, um, <laughs> my idea but no. now I'm definitely at the point of like great let's write the script I have I can come I know that there's an endless amount of ideas in me um so like this one is not my precious child like sure. I'm going to and ultimately an idea is worthless what's valuable is execution yeah and you learn to execute mm -hmm. I love that beautiful okay you guys have a very full plate we're busy <laughs> you know we uh it's it's better to be busy mm -hmm. not. we we've all not been busy before and I, I prefer being busy by far mm -hmm. that's great are there any acting roles that you would like to play whether it's a type of character or genre um I've always wanted to do action movies. I think that would be a lot of fun. I'm actually I'm developing one at the moment um, that I would have to roll in if possible. Um, that would be awesome. I got a little bit of action in Fifty Shades Freed, which is really cool to do that on like a big scale with a studio set and professionals. And uh, I really had a lot of fun doing that. So more of that, please. That'd be great. I've always wanted to be like the smart girl on a procedural <laughs> oh, you know like like better than the dumb girl right? well you know I was like such a good student growing up and I just feel you know like science give me that scientist give go. you know the paths I could have gone on you know physics oh. reason was my subject in school I was so good at physics yeah but like I want to channel that into some sort of role at some point like <laughs> like the recurring mortician <laughs> yes you know, or the forensic analyst or um you know i love it sir on a long-running procedural Absolutely. yes where, where you get to have some comedy and also some drama do it also all a little love in there and love in there and science yeah and science yeah, and uh, science. yeah. Great. Okay. We'll have you back on when those, when all of those things happen, when you've manifested it all, because you guys, I feel like are unstoppable. And what's really great is you both are so lovely, kind, generous with your time today. And with the sort of positivity that you're spreading, it makes me so happy when people who are successful are also kind and level-headed. And um, it's been a joy chatting with you guys today, truly. Thank you very Thank much. You. Likewise, that's kind of you. You're kind yes. of excited. Oh, thanks. It was the truth. <laughs> and Colleen is an amazing coach. I have to oh, say. Oh, really? Yeah. If you need to coach on Good anything, to know. Good to know. she is fantastic. Thank you, Kim. <laughs>
Thank you all for listening. If you love this episode as much as we do, just a quick reminder to rate, review, and follow our podcast. And if you have any topics or guests you would love to hear from, don't hesitate to contact us. Until next time, go in, go strong, go book that job.